Well, howdy, Pastor Landon here, and it's time for Real Men. So uh, I hope you have your nachos. I hope you got some non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, whatever your conscience allows is fine with me. Uh, but there are people all over the globe joining us today for Real Men. It's gonna be awesome. We're growing like crazy. Um, there's people all the way in other countries watching alongside you guys tonight, as well as churches that are gathering in their buildings watching Real Men with you guys. It's awesome to have so many men across this country, across this world, joining together to grow in their faith and to be encouraged with other brothers in Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what men in this day and age need to do um, to be good fathers, husbands, and uh, leaders in their community. So thank you for joining Real Men today with us. Um, This series is gonna be absolutely epic. We are all about healthy masculinity and equipping men. Pastor Mark is passionate about reaching men with the gospel because when the gospel gets involved, everything gets better. We're pro-Jesus, pro-building men up, pro-helping men become better husbands, fathers that bless women and children. If you want to get connected and have all the updates about real men, the best way to do that is text MEN to 99383. MEN to 99383. That's not woman. That's not child. That's not baby. That's not trans. It's MEN to 99383. We'll send you tons of free resources and all kinds of stuff that'll build you up to be a better man. And if you're like my wife and you're a woman watching alongside us, you should comment below because there's actually a surprising amount of women that watch this because they want better husbands and fathers in their life and single women trying to learn what a good man is. So uh, if you want to join us in person uh, and you're a senior pastor, we would love for you to fly out, come to Real Men. Um, We'll host a dinner with Pastor Mark. You can ask all of your questions, learn how Real Men is, learn the secret sauce, and you can replicate it back in whatever state you're from. We've had people from North Carolina, South Carolina, from Texas, from Washington, from California, from Oklahoma. We have guys join us all the time. We gather together at Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, around tables where we hear an awesome teaching from Pastor Mark, what you're about to hear, and then we build each other up in small groups, um, asking some questions that are sermon-based, and uh, grow together. So it's awesome, guys. And right now, it's sermon time. So get those nachos ready and get ready to dive into some real protein. A brand new season of Real Men, and we're so honored to have you. You men matter. You mean the world to me. You mean the world to me. And ultimately, let me tell you this. You matter. Your wife matters. Your kids matter. Your job matters. Your legacy matters. Amen? 
And we're here to build men up, to bless women and children in a world that beats men down. And let me tell you this, the answer is men. God looked at the world, God knew that the world was broken, God knew that we were in a desperate situation. God could have done anything or came as anything and he came as a man. God came as a man and to fix the world, God is sending forth men. That's why you're here, amen? Uh, so here's what I've got, a brand new sermon series for you and we're gonna talk about dominion for dudes. And this is what I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about the authority that God has as our father and how he delegates that to us as his sons. And let me start by talking about the satanic six cultural crises that we're enduring right now. How many of you are young guys? Young guys? Listen to me, this world is custom built to break you. The world we live in is not an accident. It is an architected evil to break men. And this is the result. Here are the satanic six. These are the big cultural crisis that we're dealing with in our day. Number one, men are encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. When my daughters were little, they would dress up like princesses. Now we're telling fathers to do the same thing. It's a broken, corrupt culture. And for you young men, they're trying to keep you in adolescence and childhood and boyhood as long as they possibly can so that you're overmothered, underfathered, dependent on the government, broken, and ultimately no longer a productive member of society. Number two, men are not launching. How many of you guys are the young guys? You're in your 20s? Your whole generation is a failure to launch situation. Here's what the research tells us. How many of you are dads and you've got a son, right? How many of you? You're looking at the world and you're saying, okay, is my son going to be able to launch? We are going to need to help him. Because here's what's going on statistically. Um, this is from CNBC and it comes from the Pew Research Report. Young adults in the US are taking longer to reach key life milestones uh, that impact finances compared to four decades ago. In 2021, adults who were 21 were less likely to have a full-time job, be financially independent, living on their own or married, or have children than their predecessors from the 1980s. Here's what I'm telling you. The generation today is the least impressive and the worst launching generation of men in the history of the United States of America. Waiting longer to marry, waiting longer to leave home, waiting longer to have a job with no intention or plan of ever launching. And what the result is what we have now is we have a record number of overmothered, underfathered men. And it takes a man to raise a man. They tell us that masculinity is adopted and adapted from a father figure in your life. And what we've got, we've got a generation of young men. And I'm not saying this to beat you young men down, but to build you up. I speak to you with the heart of a, of a father. I've got my sons are here tonight. And you men need to know that if you just go with the cultural stream, you will be a very unimpressive man for the rest of your life. And ultimately what we're seeing is we're seeing young guys are not launching. They're not getting married, having children, becoming husbands and fathers and launching careers and businesses. What are they doing? They're staying at home. They're living with their mother until their 30s. They're playing video games, they're vaping, they're ordering food delivered to the house because they're too lazy to even go out and get it for themselves. And ultimately, they're addicted to pornography or alcohol or legalized drug use, and they're just sitting around and vaping all day. We've taken men who are at the strength in their life and in that season when they should have the greatest vision for their future, and we have broken them and we have sidelined them. Number three, uh, men, uh, men are not working. 
Uh, it's called uh, Not in Labor Force. A record 7 million men ages 25 to 54 are not working or looking for work. Okay? What that is, is that's a whole generation of guys who are in their 20s, let's say, and they're not working and they're not looking for work. If you're an older man, how many of you, you don't even have a category for this. You don't, you're like, you don't have, if you're a single guy, you should have at least two jobs. Okay, for two reasons. You have the energy, and if you don't have a wife, you have nowhere to put it, so you may as well go get two jobs. Just something to pray about. But nonetheless, the way this works is we've got a whole generation of men that we have created to be dependent and not to have them mature so that others can depend on them. Uh, and in addition, men are not marrying. Uh, 40% of millennials and Gen Z, uh, ages 18 to 42, don't believe in marriage. They think it's an antiquated, outdated institution. And here's what you need to know. The whole world is built by men who have women and children to feed. The reason that a man gets out of bed and goes and works a job, pursues a career, takes a chance, launches a company, he's got a woman that he loves and children with his last name, and he feels this God-given level of responsibility to provide for them. As soon as you take away a wife and children, you take away the motivation for a man to carry the full responsibility that God intends for him to carry as a man. Furthermore, men are marrying far later than ever. The average guy today is well into his 30s by the time that he does have his first marriage. And what we see as well, 25% of 40-year-old men in America have never married. 25% of, 40, remember that show, The 40-Year-Old Virgin? These guys aren't all virgins. I'm just telling you how this is working. So men are not marrying, but what are they doing? They're living and sleeping with multiple women with no intention of ever marrying. And so what you've got as well, you've got an entire generation that are cohabitating. And now what you're starting to see is two things happen. Women who go to college, which men don't, and women who are in the workforce, which men aren't, are having a hard time finding a man to marry. So they're doing one of two things. The younger women are marrying the older men, the dirty old guys who can afford it, or number two, they're becoming lesbians. The whole trend toward transgenderism and lesbianism is in large part a number of women who would like to get married, but they can't find a man, so they decide to be a lesbian. And then number five, men are not fathering. Um, one in four young adults today are saying that they are not going to have children. And what you're seeing is for the first time in our nation's history, the majority of children born to women 30 and under, those children grow up with no father in the home. The majority of children at some point in their lifetime have no father or father figure in their home. And now the next generation of men, 25% of young men are saying, I have no intention of ever having a child. And then lastly, um, well, and I will say this as well, Many men don't wanna have children because they don't want the responsibility. And number two, many men who have children don't carry that responsibility. I'll give you some statistics. Um, one in four children today in our country have no father in the home. That's 18 million children have no father in the home. The majority of the homes are single mothers, not single fathers. And you just need to know this. If a kid grows up in America, they are 300% more likely to not have a father than the other nations on the earth. Technically, statistically, this would be one of the worst countries in the world to actually be born if you wanted to have a father. 
And so let me just tell you this. You men are a statistical anomaly and miracle. Like some of you guys didn't know this, but going to work today made you special. (laughs) Some of you, how many of you guys are married? You're the weirdos and the outliers. How many of you are the father of a child? Okay, you are a statistical minority. How many of you have more than one child? You're a total freak, okay? And thank you, because when everyone is wrong, you're the oddball if you're the one getting it right. And that's the world that we live in. And what happens today as well, if you don't have a father in the home, the odds of a child having mental and behavioral health issues is up 200%. If you don't have a father in the home, the odds of growing up in poverty go up 400%. If you don't have a father in the home, you're 500% more likely as a child to have a medical or um, emotional disorder. And what do we do with the little boys who manifest these issues? We medicate them. We say, you know what? There's something wrong with you. You're angry and acting up. You don't have a father, so instead we'll give you a pill. And then we'll put you in school and then we'll cause you to question your gender. And then maybe we'll mutilate your genitalia. And then we'll make sure that you never grow up to be a strong man. And what we don't know what to do with the strength of boys, we don't know how to direct it, so we castrate it. And this is a cultural crisis. Uh, Number six, men are not leading. Statistically, more women than men are in church, more women than men are in college, and more women and men than men are in the workforce. And so men are not leading, men are not launching, men are not marrying, men are not working, men are not fathering. It is a complete and total cultural crisis, okay? So this is the problem. And I would tell you, if we fix the men, the men will fix everything else. That's my thesis. That's the whole heart of real men. And you could look at it and say, well, how do we fix all these problems? If we have better men, those men won't cause these problems and they will fix the problems caused by the bad men. That's what the good men will do. So we are here not to just complain, but to be the solution. You men matter. Your family matters. Your marriage matters. Your kids matter. Your legacy matters. For those of us who are now grandfathers, your grandkids, Mary, they matter and your, and your ministry matters and you guys matter to us. And so here's what we ultimately need. We don't need bigger government. We need better men. And what always happens is the worst men increases the size of government. If the men do their job, you don't need nearly as much government. We live in a day when we don't need bigger government. We need better men. Amen? Number two, uh, we don't need to start at the bottom up. We need to start at the top down. Blessing and favor flows down from the top. We could look at all the cultural problems. Oh, whole generation has mental health issues and suicidal ideation and there's record debt personally on credit cards and there's record debt nationally for federal deficit and we're a culture in crisis and we're divided and there's sexual confusion and lots of addiction and tons of trauma and what do we do? We need to get the men. We need to get the men to protect women and children. We need to get men who will then marry and love women and raise children. And we need to flip the entire cultural narrative. Otherwise, everything that we know as Western civilization is absolutely in peril and headed toward an irreversible crisis. That's where we find ourselves. 
And so what we're doing here, and the reason that we're broadcasting it, is we believe that the solution is ultimately found by beginning with the men. You men being here is a tremendous honor. You men are absolutely valued in this house. And in this world, you may not be appreciated for who you are and what you do, but we appreciate you, we love you, we value you, we need you, we believe in you, and the guys around the table are there for you, amen? And so then the question is, is there a God who has a plan, and if we followed his plan, would our lives and our culture and our families get better? The answer is yes. And the reason why everything is broken, we have neglected the plan that God created for us as men to lead. So this brings me to the theme of the series that we're gonna be in together. I'm calling it Dominion. And Dominion is a person with authority over a realm. Let me explain each of these. Uh, it's a person. In the Bible, you'll hear about Dominion in terms of a master, a judge, king, lord, warrior, prophet, priest, king, apostle, head, leader, governor, a mother or father, and biblical images like a throne, that's where a king sits over their dominion, scepter, that's the ruling uh, accoutrement of a king, ruling over a domain, and underfoot. And so in the ancient world, if you were to come before the king, he'd have his feet up and you'd be under his feet. That shows that he has dominion. So it's a person with authority, and many words in the Bible denote this. Rule, authority, sovereignty, power, might, strength, and also action words like tread, trample, rule, and reign. And then there's the realm. So it's a person with authority over a realm. You'll see in the Bible, some people have dominion over a nation, or over a kingdom, or over a household, or over a business, or a piece of property, or a church, or a region. They'll have dominion over a physical body or their spiritual soul. So here's what I want you men to know. What we're gonna talk about tonight is the dominion that God our Father has. How much rule and power and authority does our Father have? All, we're gonna talk about that. And then as his sons, what we're gonna talk about in ensuing weeks is how he then delegates some of his dominion to you. That in your home, you have dominion. With your body, you have dominion. With your finances, you have dominion. With your children, regardless of what the state would say, you have dominion. And we live in a world where they don't want men to exercise their dominion. And I'll tell you, it's spiritual warfare, it's demonic. And what Satan has been trying to do since Adam was to get men to not exercise their authority in their dominion so he could replace them as the authority over that dominion. And so in the ensuing weeks, we're gonna talk about all of the dominion that you have and all the authority that the Father delegates to you to rule and reign in your sphere of dominion. Let me talk about God's authority and let me talk about his dominion. And the reason I wanna start here is this. Some of you have far too small a view of God and all you see God as the one who rules your heart. He does rule your heart, but he rules everyone and everything, including your heart. And some of you, your view of your capacity and ability and authority is too small because your picture of your heavenly father is too small. And God is not bigger than you think. Your father is bigger than you can think. So I wanna talk about our father's fourfold dominion. What authority does he have? 
Well, first, he has dominion from creation, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by him, Jesus Christ, all things were created, heaven, earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, or authority. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So because God is the creator, guess where his dominion extends? Everywhere, over all of creation. Only God is uncreated. Only God is the uncaused cause. Everyone and everything that God created, he has dominion over because he brought them into existence. What that means is as a son of God, wherever you go, you are in a place that your father has dominion and he has authority. And what that means is as his son, wherever you go, he delegates some of that authority to you so that you can represent him in that realm. Number two, God has dominion over the seen and the unseen realms, the physical and the spiritual. Psalm 103, 20 and 22, bless the Lord, O you his angels, ye mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all the hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What is happening here is the Bible is written to people who are in the seen realm of the physical world, and it's talking about the divine beings, the angels in the unseen realm. God not only rules over the world that we see, he rules over the one that we don't. And you need to know this, Satan and demons are not equal to God, God rules over them. The Puritans used to say that the devil is the Lord's devil. And as men, we need to get a bigger view of our father and his dominion and authority because he created everyone and everything. He has authority over them and dominion over them. And it's not only the physical realm that our father rules over, it's also the spiritual. Uh, number three, the dominion of our father extends from generation to generation. Psalm 145, 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through how many generations? All. This is really good news. As a man, if you raise your children, starting with your sons, to live under dominion of our God, God will be faithful to them as he has been faithful to you. And God is the same God of every generation. His dominion never comes to an end. This is why we want to not do what stupid people do. Stupid people say this, I don't wanna tell my children what to believe. I don't wanna impose my religion on them. I just want them to find their own way. This is the equivalent of just driving into the middle of America, kicking the child out of the car and wishing the best that they find their way. A child will never find their way. That's why God gives them a father to lead the way. And so our God, we want him not to just have dominion over our life, but over all the generations of our family. This is where we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a father and a son and a grandson. This is why I want you to be thinking not in terms of just your life, but also your legacy. And how are you helping generations that will come after you, your children, your grandchildren, your spiritual children and grandchildren to understand the dominion of God and live over his sovereign rule and authority for the totality of their life. I mean, my sons are here, praise God, because they're living under the dominion of our God. And they're raising their sons, my grandsons, to live under the dominion of our God. And what happens is, if you don't live under the dominion of our God, statistically, your children will not. You may need to know this. Some of you are new to church. You're giving it a taste. You're giving it a test. We're glad to have you. Statistically, if a wife 
loves the Lord and attends church, the children don't, especially the sons. If the father loves the Lord and attends church statistically, so does the wife, so do the kids, especially the sons. You know why? He is the leader. And the question is not, is the man the leader? The question is, where is he leading? If he's leading under the dominion of God, then his wife and his kids and his grandkids are statistically far more likely to come under the rule and the reign of God's dominion. And then number four, God has dominion into eternity. And this is where God's dominion never ends. And the good news is, if you will as men begin living under God's dominion right now and remain living under God's dominion, God will bless you and you'll live under his rule forever and ever and ever. And what I like to say is this, and if you're new, I tell this to the men all the time. God doesn't bless men. God blesses men who live under his authority. See, just, I'm a father. I love my sons with all my heart. But if my sons are going to disobey, I am not going to help them do that. If my sons come to me and say, hey, dad, okay, we know what you said. You said, do this, don't do that. Dad, we wanna do this. Will you help us? The answer is, I would love to. I'm your dad. If you wanna do the right thing, I wanna be first in line to help you get that done. But if you come to me and you say, dad, I wanna do something evil or wrong, I can't lay my hands on that. I can't invest in that. I can't participate in that. God's a father. And if you will live under his dominion, you will see his blessing unlocked in your life because God doesn't bless men. He blesses men who live under his dominion in obedience to his authority. Everybody needs some good news. Our world is filled with nothing but bad news. The good news is the Bible tells us not just what happened, but what always happens. And we don't just need to look at the Bible, we can look through it and make perfect and total sense of this weird, woke world in which we live. I've been preaching God's Word for about 30 years, and I want to let you know that real faith is independent, free, and a voice that is prophetic in a world that is pathetic. And I want to thank you for your partnership. We are 100% supported by ministry partners like you. You can't cancel us. We don't have advertisers. We don't have publishers. You can go pound sand because people like you pay the bills. Go to realfaith.com slash donate. Give your best gift and help me keep up the good fight. And so here's the, the, the final and last one, 1 Peter 4.11, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion for how long? Forever and ever, amen. The good news is this, men, Jesus' dominion over everyone and everything exists whether they recognize it or not. And let me just tell you this, when all is said and done, everyone will be living under the dominion of Jesus Christ. So it says in Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess both on the earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's dominion to the glory of God the Father. When all is said and done, everybody is going to bend their knee to Jesus, whether they're in heaven or hell. Furthermore, just a verbal process for you, there's a line in Revelation that says that unbelievers will be tormented in the presence of the Lamb and His holy angels. Guess who has dominion over hell? Jesus Christ. There's this crazy myth that God rules heaven and Satan rules hell. When all is said and done, God rules all and Satan rules nowhere. Jesus, God's dominion has no limitation or end. So you just need to know this. We need to know this as men. 
We're going to be living under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible, forever and ever in heaven or hell. The question is not, will we be under his dominion? The question is, will we be under his dominion for blessing or cursing, for pleasure or for punishment? And so as men, it's not that we have even this third option of living independent. And let me just say this. This is the great satanic myth that Satan tells most men. You're you're, your own authority and you can live independently. No, we were made by God. We're dependent on God. We're given account to God. We're ruled by God. And one day we will be forever ruled by God. We're not independent men, we're dependent men. And the sooner that we come under the dominion of God's authority in our life, the more we become the men that the Father intends for us to be, and the more he is likely to pour down his blessing on our life. As we're seeking to live in reverence to him, he is most likely to pour out grace upon us. How many of you guys would just testify, you were screwing up your whole life, you made a pivot, you repented, you tried to come under God's authority, and next thing you know, God started pouring out grace on you, and life got better and easier because your father was helping you. That's why we're here. Now, let me explain the problem on the earth. Um, Our heavenly father delegated his dominion to who? Our earthly father, Adam. Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion. We're gonna talk about this in the ensuing weeks. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the livestock over all the earth and everything that creeps on the earth. God can't lose his dominion, but he can delegate it. And what God did when he made Adam, God's a father, Adam's like a created son, And then what the father does, he delegates his dominion, his authority to Adam. What does Adam do without authority? What does he do? Okay, this is not a librarians for Christ meeting. You guys can speak, okay? What does Adam do with the authority and the dominion that God gave him? What does he do? He gives it to someone else. Who does he give it to? He gives it to Eve who ultimately hands it to Satan. The point is this, hear me in this. If you forget everything I say, if you don't exercise your dominion, you're handing it to your enemy. Satan will come, he will rule your marriage, he will rule your business, he will rule your thought life, he will take your kids, he will destroy your grandchildren, he will ruin your legacy, he will cause you misery, and if you don't exercise your dominion, Satan will show up every single time to rule and reign in the place of the absent man. This is exactly what's happening. We call it America. In every sphere of society, as I told you, men are absent or passive. They either remove themselves from responsible leadership or they cowardly, timidly say and do nothing while the least healthy people or the most evil people fill the leadership vacuum. I want you men in this series, I'm just begging that you get active if you're passive. You may look and say, man, my marriage isn't doing good. Okay, that's your marriage. You're the head, you got dominion. What are you gonna do about this marriage? You look at your kids, like my kids are not doing good. Okay, that's your family, you have dominion. What are you gonna do? Financially, we're upside down. Okay, that's your finances, you have dominion. What are you gonna do? My health isn't good. Okay, it's your body, you have dominion. What are you gonna do? My company is struggling. Okay, if you're a leader, you have dominion. What are you gonna do? 
And what I want you men to know is by giving responsibility back, we're giving dignity back. And what we don't want this to be is just a time around tables where men complain about all the areas that they're not leading. We don't want men to make excuses. We want men to make plans to exercise their God-given dominion in their sphere of authority. It's your body. It's your life. It's your house. It's your marriage. It's your kids. It's your finances. It's your church. It's your gospel. It's your ministry. The Father has given you authority to rule and reign with dominion in the spheres of influence and authority that he has given you. And what we tend to do as men, we tend to complain about all the big issues without tending to those areas that we actually have dominion. I can't control what's going on in the White House. I wish I could, but I can't. But I can control what goes on at my house. I can't decide what's gonna happen to every child in America, but I can decide what kind of father and household my children will have. I can't ensure that generations are gonna love Jesus, but I can ensure that generations with my last name can love Jesus. And I want you men to stop thinking about all the things you can't do. And I wanna start encouraging you to think about the things you can do. And I want you not just get frustrated with the areas that you don't have dominion, but I want you to exercise authority in the areas you do have dominion. Is it just me here? Is this making any sense to any grown man? So let me ask you this. Is there any area in your life that you're not living under the dominion and the rule of God in that area of your life? Is sexually, you're like, that's not under God's dominion. You need to repent and bring your sex life under God's dominion. Like, well, as far as my alcohol consumption or my gambling or my spending or the way I treat my wife or what I'm doing at work, yeah, it's, it's not really under God's dominion. The key is this, you need to repent. You need to come back under God's sovereign authority. Jesus Christ died, you can be forgiven. The Father loves you, he doesn't hate you. The Father wants to help you, he's not going to harm you. And, and you may be ashamed of what you've done, but he loves you so much, he's willing to take you where you are and then move you where you need to be. And so let me just share this last scripture with you. This is where our hope is at. Jesus reclaimed Adam's lost dominion. If all we had was Adam, we all would be men born into a world where our father gave away all of our dominion. And for those who don't know the Lord Jesus, here's who their God is. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that Satan is the God of this world. Let me just explain this to you very, very simply. Who has dominion over this world? Two things. Satan has dominion over this world, okay? Just look at this world. Does it now look like he has dominion? Does it look like Satan has decided to get into education and entertainment and economics and sexuality and marriage and gender and politics? Does it seem like he's decided to exercise his dominion in every single sphere of society, true or false? True. Like, okay, if Satan ruled the world, this is exactly what it would look like. But guess who rules over Satan? Jesus Christ. So though Satan is the God of this world, our God has dominion over the God of this world. This is where we get our authority from. When Jesus rose from the dead and he says, 
All authority has been given to me. That's a big statement. And then what he says is, go. What he's saying is, I'm deputizing you to go into this world with my authority and through the gospel of Jesus Christ to extend the dominion of God throughout the world. Here's what we learn about Jesus. Everything that Adam lost and gave to Satan, Jesus regained and reclaimed his dominion. Uh, Romans 5 tells us this. Romans 5, 12 through 21, the whole section is, you're under the dominion of one or two people, okay? And a lot of men, we think, no, I'm an independent man. No, you're not. You're either under the dominion of Adam, your father, who handed all dominion to Satan, your enemy, or you're under the dominion of Jesus Christ who died for your sin, disarmed and defeated your enemy, and then brings you under his dominion and shares with you his dominion. Every man is under the dominion of Adam or Jesus. It says it this way. It is because of one man's trespass, that's Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ make this as simple as I can. Every man is ruled and under the dominion of one of two men, Adam or Jesus. Sin, salvation. Death, life, ruled by the demonic and own Holy Spirits, filled with God the Holy Spirit. Number two, the first thing that you and I need to learn as men is to live under that dominion. This is the key to being a man. The key to being a man is first living under the dominion, the sovereign rule, the ultimate authority of our God, okay? Before you can do anything, before you can be anyone, before you can affect any healthy, significant change, first thing is you need to be a man under authority. First thing. Paul says it this way, I'm not my own, I was bought with a price. You men needs to start thinking in terms of not what I want, but what does the Father want? Number two, <clears throat> as soon as we do that, once we are under dominion and we're good sons living under the Father's dominion, guess what we're ready for? Guess what we're ready for? Dominion. Once we're under his dominion, now we're ready to exercise our dominion. Okay, Father, I'm gonna do what you say. Now I can lead a family. Now I could father a child. Now I can grow a company. Now I can do a ministry because I've been under authority. Now I am ready to be in authority. The worst thing that happens for a man, he's in authority, but he's not under authority. We've all met these guys. These are the guys, and there's two ways to fail as a man when it comes to dominion and authority. Number one, you can abuse your dominion and authority. I, this isn't in my notes, I just feel like I'm supposed to say it. Some of you struggle with dominion, leadership, headship, and authority because your dad abused his authority and his dominion. I can see it. I don't know why. I just see it. Some of you, your dad, he was bigger than you. And so he would bully and intimidate you. He would hit you. He would shove you. 
He was exercising his dominion, but he was doing it in an abusive way. For some of you, your dad was a big personality. He was very loud and very aggressive and maybe even scary and dangerous. And he had dominion, but he didn't have love in the father heart of God. And he was exercising dominion, but guess what he wasn't doing? Living under God's dominion. What we're not talking about is men who are going to be just tough and they end up abusing their authority. And this is what we're seeing in our day. We're seeing where there is this effeminate culture, this you know, emotional, spiritual, physical castration of men. We're seeing this woke, weak, progressive culture. What we're seeing is we're seeing a number of men who are saying, I am tired of not being honored and respected. Therefore, I am going to exercise my authority and dominion by being abusive. This would be like the Andrew Tates of the world. We're not talking about that. We're talking about being under dominion so that you learn how to be in dominion, being under authority so that then you're ready to be in authority. And then you're ready to treat your wife like your God treats you. You're ready to treat your kids like your God treats you. You're ready to treat your grandkids like your God treats you. And the way you treat them is still under his dominion. Father, I married your daughter. How do you want me to treat her? Father, you gave me children. We share a name called Father. How do you want me to treat these kids? Father, you sent your son to the earth and he worked a job and I got a job too. How do I work this job to the glory of God? The two ways that men fail in error, one, they abuse their dominion and authority or two, they abandon it. Some of you men grew in that home. Your dad, he just left. You're like, he was supposed to, you know, be the husband and the father and the protector and the provider. He was, he was supposed to be the strong man in the house. He was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the king of this little castle and he, he left. Or, or these are the men that sometimes they stay in the home, but they don't stay in the fight. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. And let me just say this. If you men don't exercise your dominion in a humble, loving, gracious, Christ-like way, if you don't exercise your dominion, someone else will. Someone else will. If you've got a teenage daughter and you don't exercise your dominion and authority, some boy is gonna come into her life and he is going to definitely replace you. If you do not um, lead your family, then what will happen is the least per, usually the least healthy person in your immediate or extended family, they will nominate themselves to replace you. If you are not present, if you are not exercising authority, if you are not leading, guess what? The vacuum will be filled. And as I told you, who's the most likely person to fill the leadership vacuum when there is a need for a leader, authority, dominion, but the man either abuses it or he abandons it, then who comes in to fill it? Satan every single time. Every single time. If we could just fix this one thing, that would fix everything. Poverty would go down. Out of wedlock childbirth would go down. Mental health, depression, suicidal ideation, trauma would go down. Generational wealth would go up. National debt would decline. The need for lots of support services for people who are being traumatized would be reduced. Drug and alcohol participation and abuse would be greatly diminished. 
If in every area that God has given a man dominion, if he just exercised that authority and that dominion and all of those men exercised their dominion and authority and all the spheres that God has given them, the whole world would start to be healed. And here's what I'm telling you guys. Our culture is gone. It's not going away, it's gone. When you sexualize children, when you minimize men, when you create deception, when you create perversion and you make it so that it is culturally acceptable and not just tolerated and celebrated, the culture is gone. And right now, all the forces at work in our world are simply trying to do this. They're trying to replace you. The school wants to replace you with your kids. Feminism wants to replace you with your wife. The government wants to replace you with services. The media wants to replace you with lies and platforms and false narratives. And I'm telling you this, men, you matter far more than you think you do. You have far more authority than you think you do. What God has called you to is far more important than you think it is. And if God has given you any sphere of dominion, the reason that he has placed you there is for those people in that place, you are desperately needed and completely irreplaceable. That's why we're here. Three things in closing. It's a lot quieter than I was anticipating. Um, number one, how many of you are the young guys? Young guys? And by young, maybe you're in your 20s. Let me tell you young men this. The sooner you come under God's dominion and the sooner you start exercising your dominion, the better off you'll be. If you can exercise dominion over your own body with what you eat and drink and where you put your hands, and it shouldn't be anywhere that a swimsuit covers on a girl, wherever, if you will just get dominion over yourself, you will be light years ahead of all the other young men in this world. If you're a young man, you say, I'm just gonna get dominion over my body. I'm not gonna be an idiot. I'm not gonna just you know, eat and drink and watch porn and sleep with girls and vape and play video games. I'm going to do something else with my body, like leg day and job, something to pray about. <laughs> then what'll happen for you, the father will look down from heaven and he'll say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. How can I help? And if you're a single young man, the sooner you take dominion for yourself, you're now preparing yourself to live under God's dominion, which means you'll be ready for what? Be ready for marriage. I could take on more responsibility. And then you'll be ready to become a father and take on more responsibility. And now you gotta make more money because women and children like to eat and they prefer to be indoors. So you gotta go generate some revenue and it's a motivation for a man. And what's gonna happen for you single men, you're gonna come home from work and you're gonna walk into the home that is your domain, it's your dominion. And by God's grace, God's going to give you a wife and she's gonna look at you and say, welcome home, thank you. Thank you for providing a home. Thank you for being the protector and the provider for this family. You're gonna sit at the table with your kids and they're gonna say, that's my dad. I can still remember my dad as a, as a little boy. My dad was a carpenter, he was a construction worker. Um, he would go out of town, sleep on the sheetrock and send the money home to me and my mom. My dad sometimes would come home from carrying sheetrock all day and he would just lay on the floor and stretch his back out because his back was so 
just broken. And I remember thinking, that's my dad. That's my dad. My dad is willing to exercise his authority to take care of his family. And let me just tell you what, men, when your wife gives you that look and when your children appreciate you exercising your dominion to protect and provide for your family, there is something profoundly meaningful that happens in a man. He knows that he is now acting like his father created him to. And there's a profound sense of just absolute amazement and wonder in the heart of a man, okay? And so for you guys that are young and single, I want you to get, I want you to get under his dominion and I want you to start to exercise your dominion. For those of you guys who are fathers and you're in the fight and you're raising your own kid, let me just say this. If you will exercise your dominion in the way that the father intends, the things and people around you, they're going to blossom and flourish. It's like your life is a garden and you're the gardener. I, I, I wish I would have taken more responsibility and been more active in certain areas as a young man. But I would say for those of us who are in that season where we're raising our kids, you men need to know this. You are absolutely invaluable and irreplaceable. And we're gonna talk about this in the coming weeks, but the school does not have dominion over your children, you do. And if they're teaching them garbage, antichrist, you know, gender spectrum, foolish nonsense, you don't have to tolerate that because you're the father and in God's org chart, your dominion is over the school, okay? Um, if you're a father, you have dominion over what entertainment your children enjoy. You're like, that's garbage, that's garbage, that's garbage. That's the 75th movie where the dad is an idiot and they mock him. We are not paying for that, right? We can get, we can get lies for free. We don't need to pay a monthly subscription to brainwash our children. You have dominion over the technology. You have dominion over the people that come into your home. You have dominion over what church you go to. You have dominion over whether or not your family has dinner together at night. You have dominion over whether or not the Bible is open and prayer is uttered in your home. You have dominion whether or not your wife and kids get in the car and go to church with you. You have dominion over the relationships that you allow the people in your family to be close to. And I'm just telling you, men, you have more God-given delegated authority than you would even anticipate. And when you're a husband and a father, you need to exercise that dominion or Satan will find a way to replace you. Lastly, how many of you are like me? You're the older guys. I'm a grandpa now, so I'm officially in the uh, mature saints category. That's where I've moved into. Let me say this. You older men are now in the prime of your life. In the history of the world, there has never been a need quite like our day for godly seasoned older men that have lived under God's dominion and are willing to help teach and train other men to exercise their dominion. So many of the young men today, they, they want to be good men, but they have no fathers and they have no models. This is why we get together cross-generationally and across ages. If you're a 20-year-old guy, find a 60-year-old guy with a beat-up Bible and a smiling wife and ask him a lot of questions, okay? If you're a single guy and you meet a guy whose wife is pregnant for the 11th time, ask him, 
how to get a girl like that and how to keep her that happy, right? Just find the older guys to draft behind. And in a room like this, and the reason that we're gathering together is this, everywhere in society at this point, the men have either abused or abandoned their dominion. The good men have exited almost every sphere and area of society. And we're here as the last gun in the fight, the church of Jesus Christ. And what we're saying is not in this house, this is the father's house. We are the men under the father's dominion. And when we come together, we pray to a father, we sing to a father, we listen to a father who has all dominion and all authority. And when we honor him and we invoke him, he comes alongside to bless, to love, to help, to encourage, and to, and to compliment the efforts of all of his sons. And so that's why we're here. We're here to call on the one who has all sovereign rule and authority and dominion. He rules over everything. He rules over everyone. He has all power. He has all authority. And I have such good news. He's your father. He's your father. All right. So here's the discussion time around tables. Number one, introduce yourself. What area of dominion do you have? Where do you work? What's your family like? What's your ministry like? What, who are you? Number two, uh, what are you hoping to get out of real men? And then number three, uh, how can we pray for you? And if you're new, we always huddle up like a football huddle and every guy gets prayed for. And if you're like, I don't like to be prayed for, you'll get used to it. <laughs> if you're like, I, I feel awkward. Well, you'll get used to it. And the hope and prayer and goal is that what you're doing here, you take home. You sit at the table with your wife, your kids, your grandkids. You ask questions, you listen. You bring scripture into the conversation and you pray over them. Father, thank you for an opportunity to be together with the best men in the world. And Father, this is a big idea, but we're gonna, we're gonna apply it to all the areas of our life. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would, you would help the men think of all the areas they have dominion. They have responsibility, they have authority, they have spheres of influence. First, Lord, we wanna come under your dominion. We wanna obey you. We wanna be good sons who honor our father. And secondly, Lord, then we wanna be entrusted with more authority, more leadership, more headship, and more dominion. God, we don't wanna be like men in the world who are trying to do as little as possible. We wanna do as much as possible. We don't wanna be like men in the world who wake up and just think about themselves. We wanna think about our wives and our kids and our grandkids and our legacy. God, I pray for the younger men who hear this or in the room, that you would give them a sense of urgency to live under your dominion and to start to exercise their dominion. God, for the husbands and fathers who in those weary years and they're busy and they're tired, I pray God that they would not grow weary in doing good, that they would be active and not passive, that they would be present and not absent. And Holy Spirit, I pray that Satan wouldn't take over and that they would remain in the fight, loving and serving, blessing women and children. And God, for those of us who are older men, I pray we can encourage and serve as spiritual fathers, invest in, make deposits in younger men and help pull them up so that there is hope for the future. God, we just confess as your sons, as we look at this world, it is absolutely hopeless. There are no answers whatsoever. But as we look up, to our Father, and we look into the scriptures, we see, Father, that you have a divine design for men.
And if we will just exercise our God-given authority and our spheres of dominion, we could see the people and things that we love the most flourish and be blessed. So I pray for these men that they would grow stronger, that they would be more loving and more gracious and more kind, but more resilient and more courageous. And I pray that they would come back and start to exercise the God-given authority that they have as the sons of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for being with us. Well, hey, podcast pals, it's uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll here saying thank you for tuning in. I've had the honor of teaching the Bible for around 30 years. Happy to report I got my cancel card about a decade ago. Nice to get that out of the way. And now I'm back in uh, zombie mode, man. You can't kill me. And if you would do me a solid, I could really use your help. Number one, rate this podcast. Everybody gives me one in five star reviews. I need you to give me a five star. In addition, uh, review the podcast. Tell them it's good, it's helpful, it's fun, it's authentic, it's genuine, it's down the fairway, it's all about Jesus. And uh, share it, uh, let your friends know, let your family know. And if you wanna trigger your enemies, let them know too. I've been triggering woke joke folks since the mid 90s and glad to keep up the fight.